Would you bow with me and the children? I know we've not released them. Would you bow your head with me? Father, we thank you, Lord, again for this Christmas season. Lord, when many are preparing gifts to place under a Christmas tree, and yet there are some homes, Lord, filled with sorrow and in brokenness. But we thank you for one gift given from heaven that is a help to all. To all who would come. As Christ told the first fisherman at Galilee, come and see. And yet the angel said concerning the empty tomb, come and see. Father, we beckon all to come and see. Christ the Lord. It's so simple the intellectual will stumble, but a way made so straight even a child could find it. And Lord, we thank you for this day, and we come to give you honor and glory. If we didn't have what we wanted monetarily, if we were still to wake up in brokenness on Christmas morning, We start by this day looking to you and being thankful for being a God who gives good to all of his people. Will you help us in our faith? This morning, will you send the preacher from heaven, the Holy Spirit? And we love you, Lord. We thank you for being faithful. You can be trusted. And we pray it in the blessed name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. The children, if they want to go to their classes, they may. And you know, no. My wife's shaking her head no, so I don't think so this morning. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> I'm glad you're here this morning and I'm glad to be here. Amen? I don't know what you were called to do in the body, but I was called to preach. And it was early on that began to share the gospel. And I remember um, not really having a competence to be able to share. And I still feel that way many mornings today. The competence has to come from the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And at any point we begin to trust just our intellect and what we know, we can become dangerous. Anyway, I'm glad you're here this morning. If you have your Bible with you, would you please open this morning as we read one text concerning the Christmas story out of Hebrews chapter 1. I'd like to title this message this morning. I don't put many titles on messages, I'm, but today I'd like to title this The Song That the Angels Sang. And there are so many different points around this side of the birth of Christ, and so much you'll see even this evening as the children begin to dress and the adults as well. 
and you'll see all sorts of pieces that were there placed by God. But I'd like to read out of Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 6, a very straight on and forward account of what God said he would do during this time. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 6, And again when he brings in the first begotten into the world, he says, And let all the angels of God worship him. This is a seemingly unnoticed. If you're not careful, you may not have noticed this in Hebrews, written to Hebrews. And the account is given that he, that is God, when he brought his first begotten into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. There was an account one day, God gave instruction on the very morning that I bring my first begotten into the world. I want all, not some, but I want every angel in heaven to begin to sing a song. And then today I'd like to turn to, with that thought in mind, the book of Luke, and let's look at the song that they sang. I'd like to take that song and take it apart and begin to look at it. But you can see by Hebrews that God legitimately told all the angels, I want you to start singing as soon as he comes into the world. I'm going to read the second chapter of Luke, verse 7 through 18. It'll be a common account that you've heard read before. I'd like for you to pay pay close attention to the angels' part as they approach the shepherds. Verse 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now take special notice here. And suddenly, not happenstance, not gradually, but suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, and here is the song the angels sang, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that, they, that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Now here we have an account in the Christmas story. And many pieces will be there. And as you drive by and you see the nativity, I think as you think of Christmas, you would think of, obviously, as you see on the screen this morning, a baby lying 
in a manger. You can't help but think about this time and not have a baby in a manger. You can't help but think about a stall or a cave wherever the shepherds would come and find the baby. You couldn't hardly go to Christmas and not think about Mary and Joseph and an angel that came, Gabriel, to say to Mary, this is what's going to happen, and for her to say back, be it unto me according to thy word. And so as I begin to approach this morning with talking about angels, I think in the church in general it would be uncomfortable to talk about angels. After all, if I begin to just get up week after week and talk about angels, there may be this kind of uh, apprehension in the crowd of where's he going with this. This sounds kind of weird. But the truth of the matter is, almost 300 times throughout the scriptures, from Genesis to Revelation, God used angels. We understand that in the book of Job, that when the morning star was there and the sons of God shouted for joy, that they were all present. And when you begin to think about angels, the word angel means a messenger. And many times throughout scripture, God would use an angel to bring a message. He would also bring angels to bring correction. He would bring angels to bring strength. And I've listed just a few, and I'd like to talk to you just about a few of the angels who were at least in play during dramatic times uh, in the account of God's creation. When Adam and Eve were kicked out of Eden, there were angels placed to keep the way of the tree of life. When Moses began to go up to Sinai's mountain and led through the wilderness, there were different accounts of angels. In fact, Hebrews talks about the angels who were able to help in this matter. When you talk about the holy place in the temple, you had two angels with wood overlaid with gold bowing one to another over the mercy seat of that temple. When you think of Elijah and he had won the battle at Mount Carmel concerning the faith of his God who serves... He then finds himself, lack of strength, under a juniper tree, and it is no less than an angel who comes to feed and help Elijah and make him aware that where he's headed he will need strength for and that God is not finished with him. When you think of Abraham and he has Isaac on the mountain and he's going to be obedient to God and he raises the knife in his own hand toward heaven, it is no less than an angel who cries out to Abraham and lets him know that it is not his son that will be the sacrifice, but it is a ram caught in the thicket who's already been sacrificed for the whole world, Christ our Lord. When you think of the birth of Christ, you have this announcement and this message coming through angels, and we know that to be Gabriel. We're not sure in this text when it says that there were shepherds in the field keeping watch over their flock by night, We don't know for sure which angel, but it's likely that it was also Gabriel. He's the one bringing this message. And then you see that this angel, whoever he is, has a heavenly host of angels who come. We also can see, according to Hebrews, that God gave an account and said, When I bring forth my firstborn son, I want all of the angels of heaven to begin to rejoice, to begin to sing and worship and do all of these things. And so there was a mass buildup waiting on this one point in creation and in eternity for God to begin to declare some mighty things to to all people of all times before and after that birth. And so you have a song sang that's not a lengthy song. 
And you begin to think about angels that bring it. And, and if you just think for a moment and go with me and use, use your own mind to think about, these angels had witnessed many things. I mean, how many songs could they have sung and what were they saying at times? We have an account in Isaiah that at one point they said, Glory, glory, glory is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy. Glory filled the whole temple. They're saying things. But what did they say when this magnificent God first brought into creation and rolled up a blue wall like, like the earth is today? The, by, the psalmist tells us that it's by the fingers of God. The handiwork of the heavens was made. That all the sun, moon, and stars and all of its array was there. But what kind of language did they use when they seen this omnipotent God begin to roll up and create the, the bowl that we now live on called earth He tipped it on its side, spun it on an axis, told it not to lose one drop of water, and then put it in orbit among others. I mean, I don't know what the angel said. We have no account. But at one point, they must have said something like, Wow! Are you kidding me? All of the galaxies and all of the stars is this omnipotent God. What did they say? Something like, He is holy. And when the sun gave its light, and the moon gave light by night, and they did it in coordination, and they never quit, did they say, wow, He is so glorious. And then He started to breathe into Adam's body the breath of life. What did they say? I'm not sure there was a song being sung, but there was a response of these angelic beings. The psalmist said, The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear Him and delivers them. The angels of God have been sent to help and encamp round about those that fear. That the Bible says that. And now we have angels at this birth site. And the song that they sing, as I read the 13th and 14th verse again, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And it was amazing to me this morning that Gary began to talk about the note he was singing in. And I noticed the difference when he went to whatever, and I don't know music, but I was sitting here and I knew that uh, the song we were singing, you know, we were singing it. But when he changed the note, something happened where we could kind of all lift a little higher, right? Everyone witnessed that while we were in here this morning. And so when he got on whatever note it was he wanted to get to, we could, I noticed that just the singing itself was able to just lift a little higher. And so as I talk about the angels this morning, and especially the angels that were here to deliver a message to shepherds, and let's not take for granted where they went and who they spoke to. They could have went anywhere, but they went to shepherds. They could have went to the religious synagogue, but they didn't. They could have went anywhere, but they went somewhere where somebody would respond to the message. And they didn't have the kind of language that the shepherds couldn't understand. 
I mean, after all, Paul writes concerning, he said, I, I speak in the, in the tongue of men and angels. That means the angels have a tongue that we don't, a language we don't. But when they came to sing, they didn't sing it in their language. They sang it into a language we could understand. Because God wanted us to understand His message He wanted us to hear what He had to say to us. And He did it with shepherds. And the Bible says the angel came in a whole heavenly host. There was glory around them. We don't know all the the fine details, but nonetheless, it staggered the shepherds. Can I ask you something? Don't you know that God wants to deliver His message of His Son to you? right where you are, and in a language you can understand. He wants you to hear who He is, how He loves you, and what His intentions are for you. His message delivered to you when understood can deliver you, and help you, and lead you. And the angels begin to sing. And let's look at this wonderful song sang by the angels. It's not lengthy. In verse 14, they say, Glory to God. In the highest. And if we're not careful, we will pass by this as though it means very little. But I say to you this morning, it means a whole lot. When the same angels who watched him create the heaven and the earth, who watched him breathe breath into Adam, and I don't know what their note was, but by this morning's demonstration, they must have been kind of like starting here and coming forward with some notes of a higher degree. Kind of like, isn't there a minor and major type chords? And it, I think it rains in a minor chord, if I'm not mistaken. And so when you get to church, you don't want to sing in a minor chord. You don't, you don't want to be down there on a thing that can't be lifted up. But you want something major to happen when you're worshiping God. And so I don't know what their chords were when they were watching God create. That is the angels. But I know that they were saying a lot that we know scripturally. And can you think about all of the prophets who had delivered the message that Christ was going to be born of a woman, of a virgin, and all of this was happening throughout creation, yet God had given complete instruction that when this happens, I want not a few of you, according to Hebrews, I want... All of you to sing. Everything that's here in heaven. I I mean, you don't have to say that day just holy, holy and glory. I want you to sing. And then he gave them a song to sing. So when they come to the shepherds and the angel shows up and the heavenly host, this is a choir that we've never witnessed before until this time. This is a choir that came from a minor chord to the major workings of God, to a major chord that lifted not only the earth, But it has lifted the heavens itself. In fact, they start out with the verse that says, Glory to God in the highest. In other words, this is the greatest thing we've ever seen God do. There's nothing that's a lower chord than the goodness of God. The greatness and glory of a God who we know. They serve. They're around Him. And if they're around Him day and night... What moved them to want to come sing this song about the one they spend all times with? And to sing it in a way with such joy 
that they could give to us in our language the message of the highest song ever sang before God and say to Him, God, you deserve the highest glory. Glory to God in the highest. Why weren't they jealous of us? Think of it. Why weren't they? He didn't do salvation in them. He brought salvation to us. We had fallen during the transgression of Adam in the garden. He sent them to guard the way of the tree of life. But think of it. The angels don't have the work of salvation wrought in them. Man, everyone's looking at me. Wow. What made them smile so and sing so high that when they got to deliver the message to us of what God had done to love us and come to us and help us. Wow. How selfless was that? So the first verse is glory to God in the highest. This was the highest thing. This was the highest height of the glory of God. And what had literally happened was God himself in Christ Jesus our Lord, not only the Son of Man, but he was also the Son of God, was now born into the earth of a virgin under the law. He was now born there, and when he came forth, it caused the magnificent display and response that heaven has ever seen. And now the second verse. And on earth, peace. Peace on earth. The angels knew in this song as they delivered this message that God's highest and most glorious thing He would ever do would be born Himself in a manger, humble Himself before us. The highest thing God ever could do in His glory is be delivered of a virgin, born in a manger. Christ and the message of Christ from the garden was, He, to the serpent, will bruise your head. Make no mistake, trouble is on its way. And every angel that heard God say that to the devil in the Garden of Eden knew full well there was a day coming in which God would deliver the medicine to humanity. And what this would bring to us is peace on earth. Because ever since the garden, it had caused the peace of earth to go in array. The peace of earth, the peace in men, would not be found outside of the faith of Jesus Christ. Except you would put your faith in God, you would not find peace. God provided a way before the fall to live in harmony and peace with Him. But when, when Adam chose and the transgression of Eve took place, it caused a lack of peace. And the true reason that brings us to Christ over and over is there's a peace in His presence that passes our understanding. The fruit of the righteousness of God is the peace on earth. And this is the second verse they sang. Not only God is so glorious and so high that He's done this wonderful thing that is so low in the earth. It's so humble. It's so weak. It's so vulnerable 
that God himself, is high, this is the highest thing we've ever done. As you think of this, or they've ever seen done, the angels from their viewpoint seen the highest, magnificent, omnipotent God who is ever loving, ever just, and ever good and eternal in himself chose to do this in the earth that he may buy back mankind who's transgressed himself and they would have had to deal with him on an, a, just, a, a just God who would find us Without mercy, except Christ came into the earth. Do we? Un- I mean, the grip of this on Christmas morning and how God delivered this son wrapped in swaddling clothes to us was the greatest thing that would ever bring peace on the earth for all mankind. And if you ever noticed in a practical way that there's always a war around us if there's a war in us. And there'll never be peace in us. Until there's only one man left in us, and that's Christ. The peace on earth is Jesus Christ being born into the world. But they sang the song from a God who sits high and he looks low, as my former pastor always said. And they said, glory to God in the highest. And they're singing this to shepherds. Glory to, I mean, it is a choir like you've never. Glory to God in the highest. This has happened. Here he's come. All of him has just come out in the earth through a virgin young lady. There is God himself in swaddling clothes. There he is, Jesus, in a manger. There is God. There's his begotten son. They're, man, they're here, but they're the same. They're three, but they're one. This is Son of Man, Son of God. And they're singing, glory to God in the highest, and then peace on earth. This is the only way you will ever have peace. And the Bible says clearly that the government of peace is upon his shoulders. The shoulders of Christ are to bear a government and a world of peace. There's no way to have peace outside of him. And the third is really staggering and fills up all of the first two verses. Goodwill toward men. Galatians said, When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of sons. Hebrews says, For where the testament is, there must of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is in force after men are dead. Otherwise, it has no strength while he lives. And the thought that God himself would be born, born to die, that we may live forever, is the highest form of goodwill God has ever shown to humanity. The highest form of goodwill is that no matter where you've been or what you've failed at, That God's good will was to send Jesus Christ. And when we are celebrating Christmas, it is God saying to anyone who could hear, not in a foreign language, but in a language you can understand, God's glory, and let's make this personal, God's glory is so high that He wants to give you individually peace. And He wants you to know through that peace, He's always had a good will for your life. He's always had good intentions for you. He's always wanted to pave a way for you to get out of where you are. He wants to forgive you. Christ was sent to forgive unrighteousness. He was sent to make a broken way 
right, a crooked path straight. And this, you will find no peace outside of your faith in Christ Jesus. This weekend I spent uh, a night at a Christmas party. And I was invited to go. And this Christmas party would be, you might say, in a rough part of town. And so I was so glad to be invited to go. And I asked Julie, um, you know, what our plans were. And she was going to be doing a lot of Christmas gift wrapping. And so I was just glad to go. So I went with a couple of friends. And there was a lot of people. And it was just a wonderful kind of rugged atmosphere. And what was funny was my one friend said, I know what's going to happen tonight. Aaron will be locked up in the corner with one person, he said, preaching the gospel. And I think about this in this season when I'm preaching. You know, sometimes we can, we can declare something theologically but not really get the gist of what God's wanting to do. And, and late that evening, I, I had a gentleman uh, come by who, in what he was doing at the Christmas party, was being very gentlemanlike to me and asked me if I wanted to drink a whiskey. And I declined the offer. <laughs> Some of them in the back said, good thing you did. <laughs> but I was very, I wasn't so interested in whether, you know, what he was doing. I was interested in him. And so he stopped and we began to talk. And I shared with him how that. Uh, both where I lived, and he knew some friends that we have mutual friends. It's been a lot of years since he's seen them. And, um, I could see this knitting starting to happen. I shared with him, I said, you know, I'm a pastor, and um, I spent a lot of years kind of in some rugged spots, and I just love the Lord, you know. And this man was just so honest. And immediately I noticed that he began to confess his sin, and I didn't ask him to. And I begin to encourage him with what I'm ministering to you today. That I didn't say it this way. I didn't try to be theological. I was saying to him, though, in my life, I was saying, glory to God in the highest. Like, no matter where you've been, my whole posture toward him was, God's glory is so high. And I know that sometimes we can bend so low. I know that. He was telling me all about his low decisions. I, I know. And I didn't say anything in response like, whoa, or, uh. I was just listening. I was just thinking, man, God's glory is so high. I've been preparing my heart and bathing in this for the last week. And God, your glory is so high that you did everything and it moved all of heaven, all the angels to give peace on the earth in a language a man could understand. And so will you help me during this to sometimes say nothing but let him see in my eyes, that I have all the hope for his life, no matter where he's been. And he kept telling me what he had done in his life, and I kept paying no attention to that. <clears throat> and then at the end that I wanted to get to was God's good will toward men, which was the third verse of this wonderful song sang by the angels. They started out with glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men and by the end of the night I had shared with him not only where I was pastoring 
understand that we exchange numbers and we'll begin to make contact, but with a friend of his that was converted several years ago to Christ and now lives a steady, solid life. And I watched a man full of tears, and I watched God begin to strengthen and give him, and he began to name the name of Christ and to just be pliable. And I told him at the end of this conversation, I said, there's one thing for sure, you're an honest man, I'd like to serve with ten just like you. That night he wanted to give me a hug before I left, and I thought how uncommon that is for where we was at. It's really not about the preacher. You see, God can use every person in here, and I think what I'm saying to you this morning is, I I hope that my response of not just being religious, but just being so in love with God's glory and knowing that God did something so high and so wonderful for me and that God found me when I was so low. And today, there are times in which my own sin trips me. Otherwise, God's glory is still high enough to know and and keep leading me where I need to go. Let's extend during this Christmas time the greatest gift ever given to humanity, and you can't buy it with money. But I just want to ask you that we would agree before we leave here that we could extend this high, God's glorious thing to somebody in a gift form knowing that it'll give, it's the only peace they'll ever have for their life. I'm looking forward to seeing what God does in his life. Amen? But I'm looking forward to seeing what God does in your life. And I think in the next few weeks, I want to give a little bit of time during our Sunday morning services to hear back from you in response to this message. Sometimes we hear a message and you can like it or not at times, but I'd really like to just hear or see someone hold their hand and say, Brother Aaron, I did that during the Christmas season after that message on the song of angels. I mean, if it was so great to angels who don't experience salvation like we do to deliver this message to us, how much more should we be delivering the message of the good news and the goodness of God to anyone who's broken? And let's first allow ourselves to receive it before we leave this church. Sometimes it's easy to believe it for somebody else, but not for ourselves. And sometimes it's easy for the enemy to trick us to think we deserve what we're getting. You see, if I were going to tell you to worship an angel, it would be a felony. I'm using Jake's terminology. But if we weren't to appreciate what these angels delivered because of the glory and the goodness of God, it would surely be a misdemeanor. We need to respect that work of the angels and thank God that he moved all of heaven to deliver to us a message. And so as we approach this time, and tonight we have a wonderful program and see the children, I just hope that you'll remember the song of the angels and that how much they sang so high to a God that was lifted up that moved into the earth so low to give us peace and goodwill toward all men. He didn't pick just some men. He didn't pick the synagogue. He picked shepherds. But do you notice what their response was? They didn't question what they heard. And so I'm asking you as you leave not to question what you've heard. Try just believing the message. Because the angel said, let us go see. That's what they said. So they went to Bethlehem. They believed. I mean, after all, they've heard all of the heavens begin to sing in this wonderful chorus. 
this choir of eternity that had plenty of practice from the beginning, but today was full and on display for all the world to see. And he did it in a few shepherds. And it said there was glory round about them until they had left to go back into heaven. Can you imagine what that was like? It's one thing to hear the message and be amused and be amazed, be challenged or changed. But it's another thing that once you've witnessed the message of Christ, the glory of God, peace on earth, goodwill toward men, it's one thing to like that song. It's another thing to move because of the song. But they said, let us go to Bethlehem. And man, can you imagine what it was like when they walked in and we have an account and there he was. Just what the angel had said and what they sang about was now in the manger. And I'm going to ask you to put your faith this week and the coming weeks. Will God be able to move us? From our everyday doings, after all, these shepherds were doing their ordinary job. And in our ordinary doings, can God speak a message to us so simple, yet move us so much? I'm going to ask in the weeks to come, who's delivered that gift? Christmas is going to go on a little longer here at Riverton this year. It's going to be an extended season. Christmas is going to be a little lengthier because it's a gift that keeps on giving. This is the gift from heaven that keeps on giving. We're reminded once a year, but all year. I want to, I'm going to start a practical sermon series after the first of the year on how to pray, how to read the Bible, how to witness to somebody, different positions there. But I want to hear back from you. It's going to change up in some Sunday mornings. I'm going to ask for those who've, who've delivered the gift. Some says, I won't be here then if you're going to make me talk. No, you'll be here and there'll be someone next to you that you gave the gift to. Amen. In quietness this morning as we approach the end of this service. I ask you one question. Can you hear the message and the song that the angel sang? The Bible said some were deaf. But I trust every ear in here could hear. Wherever you are and whatever you walked in here with today. Could you sing this song and let it give you strength? Whether it be in complete joy or sorrow. Could you sing with the angel choir this morning? Could they bring you right in and you would know the note? Could you pick right up and start playing with the angels of heaven? Has this song been so heard in your life
that it would stand you to your feet and you also would find yourself in a great company of angels that Hebrews talks about singing the song of God, the glory of God in His highest. You see, this is eternity. Would you sing that so loud and so fresh because God has given to you such peace because of your faith? Or maybe you're here today and you say, I'm hearing the song for the first time. I'm hearing this message, preacher, and I've not had peace, and I've not made the right decisions. But today I'm going to ask God for His help, the help that He sent from heaven. You mean to tell me, preacher, with all that was going on with God, He had a good will toward me? That's exactly what I'm saying. And His will for you was to be conformed to the image of Christ, to come to the faith of Jesus, You see, this season's not happy for everybody. Some are in brokenness. But can I tell you that God gets glory both out of the joys and the successes of mankind and the faith and out of their brokenness? If I said to you as we close this morning that you bringing your brokenness to God glorifies Christ one more time in His presence... Do we understand that God is not expecting us to produce righteousness by our works, but righteousness by putting faith in this gift that's been delivered into the earth? And that if you bring all that has gone wrong and you you surrender yourself at an altar and no one else may know it, but God's angels are singing and the Bible says when one sinner comes to repent that all the angels begin to sing, we know that. powerful so your goodness gives glory to god and your unrighteousness as long as it's brought that in the faith of christ so he cleanses it all of this makes god's goodness toward men great all of this together is the glory of god in the highest there's no river that's flown There's no mountain that's been weighed in the balance, as Isaiah 40 says, that's ever exceeded the glory and the highness of the God who sent His Son. The question's not, will God sing a song for you? The question's not whether you could be in His choir. The question, will you come because of the babe in the manger? who is man and God. And when He rose from the dead, invited all to come and see. I would ask you to stand to your feet as we sing a song of invitation. And what powerful is it after a message of the song of the angels. And here's what I want to ask you to do specifically. Some of you may come with a good gift. I'm asking you not this morning to wrap a bow on a present that you bought with monetary means. I'm asking you this morning to bring a gift to God. What makes Christmas Christmas is we get to give back to others because He has given so much good to us. And so I'm going to ask you to bring a simple gift. You don't have to talk to anybody. Some of you will bring joy and thankfulness 
and others. And you, maybe you won't come at all. Maybe you say, I want to stand in my, in my spot. That's okay. But as you bow your head and sing, will you just for a moment give an ear to God and those angels that sang that dark night to those shepherds who were just doing their ordinary daily work and know that even in your ordinary life that God has wanted to sing to you. And this morning... In a few days, we'll celebrate Christmas and the children will open the presents, but not this morning. This morning, we're going to come in quietness and soberness. And in our heart, some are going to bow and say to God, this is what I'm bringing you, Lord. Some will bring joy and some will bring sorrow. But I want you to know that both of them caused the angels to sing. Amen.